happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello everyone, it's me James today and I'm talking to Dermot Cosgrove about Wagner, Wagner, the, the Russian mercenary group and their actions in Africa. Uh, this is something that I've kind of tried to pitch for several years with, with not much success in the United States media. And I'm sure lots of other people have too, I'm by no means unique in that. And suddenly, obviously, everyone in the corporate media has become something of an expert in their actions uh, when things started happening in Ukraine. And so what we wanted to do here was kind of paint a picture of how they have a long record of human rights abuse. Um, Dermot's more expert in Africa, so that's what we're talking about, but also in Syria, of course. And I just wanted to give some more information. So we recorded this on uh, last Friday. Today is Tuesday, the 1st of August. And we talked a little bit about the coup in Niger, um, which has continued. And uh, since we recorded Evgeny Prigozhin, who, of course, is the like head of Wagner, the founder of Wagner, the oligarch who's in charge of that private military contracting group, um, made a statement sort of not exactly saying like, oh yeah, we did this coup, but more like saying, uh, oh cool, I see you've had a coup. Uh, what you could use is a group of mercenary Russians who are prepared to do incredible and horrific violence on your behalf. And let us know, we'll, we'll roll up. Um, also since then, ECOWAS, which is the Economic Community of West African States, it, it's a West African block there, has threatened intervention in Niger uh, if they don't sort of return to a democratic process. Uh, and then Mali and Burkina Faso, two other countries that are run by military governments, military more or less hunters, uh, have threat have said they'll like stand with Niger, stand with the Niger coup. So it threatens to destabilize again the whole region, right? You'll see lots of misinformation about this on Twitter. I've seen a ton of stuff from like oh, just tanky accounts who don't fully have a grasp on what's happening in this part of the world and and i think it's quite dismissive to, to just use africa to further your whatever your political agenda is rather than treating this as a, a tragedy that will impact people living in these countries right especially niger um where people are already 
often struggling to get by, really struggling to make ends meet. Like sanctions on this country will hurt them. Sanctions on this country will hurt the poorest people in this country. A military dictatorship rarely delivers a better quality of life for people. And like I would like to see people focusing on that and not on some stupid argument about decolonization. Like it, it's uh, it, that's not what's happening here. What's happening is that the one powerful people have wanted more power and they've taken that at the expense of the quality of life and often the lives of other people. Obviously, with with Mali and Burkina Faso saying that they would like support Niger, those are both governments that struggle to support themselves and defend their own people and capitals from Islamist insurgencies and and other like armed movements. So, it, you know, not 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 a hugely, I guess serious threat but still very destabilizing and again like this will have negative impacts for everyone living there which is the thing i'd like to focus on so we're going to start here with dermot introducing himself and then we'll go from there my name is dermot cosgrove i'm a french foreign legion uh, veteran i was six years french foreign legion and since 1996 i've worked across africa uh, and the Middle East and a little bit of South Asia um, as a security consultant and field security advisor, mainly with um, with oil and gas companies, infrastructure companies, but also some work with the with the media. Nice, yeah. So I've been a journalist, been covering that field for not quite as long, but one of the things that I remember seeing, you know, pre-pandemic, is this rise of this this russian mercenary group wagner group in africa it was just not an area of interest to any u.s publication generally stories in africa are very hard to sell but i know that you were obviously on the ground looking at this so can you maybe just start with when you sort of first became aware of them and what you were seeing well i first became aware of them with their activities in the central african republic when the um when the, the mayhem broke up there a few years ago and the EU um, started sending in troops, there was quite a lot of heavy fighting. Then it, sta- it, it stabilized a little bit, but there was still quite a lot of fighting going on. Uh, next thing, these Russians showed up. And it was just a little bit kind of, yeah, I'd heard about them in operating in Syria, but you know, next thing they were in, of all places, the Central African Republic. Which you know is a is kind is you know a little bit of a backwater in the middle of Africa. It's it's squashed in between Chad, Rwanda, Burundi, the Congo, places like that. And it's um, historically it's it's been uh, there's always been a French uh, French uh, presence there, but it's always been a place where there's been quite a bit of conflict around it. Yeah, yeah, not like a consolidated. Uh, like nation state really yeah yeah, yeah. a lot of lot of different people um it's not an identity that like fits with with identities on the ground and necessarily so yeah what was their role there what were they they doing as like a sort of mercenary or private military contracting group well they 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 were really operating a bit in the shadows they were they had come in Apparently, they were supposedly there to train the the governments, the the Republican Guard of the of the Presidential Guard. Um, but they were also there was also word was starting to leak out where they were involved in the diamond mines, and they 
you know, they were they were moving all over the country. They were heavily involved in militias. Then words started coming out about, you know, there was murders on checkpoints that were joint checkpoints between uh, government militias and Wagner Group um, operatives. And next thing, this story broke where three journalists, three Russian journalists disappeared. They'd been following the activities of Wagner in Central Africa. And I think the last thing that was seen of them was that they were stopped at a checkpoint and then gone. There was yeah. just, they disappeared in the bush. Um, and that was, I, I suppose that was kind of the first peak that these are a nasty bunch of operators. And there had been a company in Russia years ago who were the Alpha Group. And they had basically, they were basically uh, Afghan veterans. But they operated kind of in the shady oligarch section of security in Russia itself. But Wagner Group were a completely different animal. You could tell from the right from the start, these were they had a different model. Yeah, very much so, and like a different model to even like like there are various like I guess like national perspectives to private military contracting. Like there was a, a time when you like you could sit down in a hotel bar in lots of places in Africa and be assured that someone with a South African accent or someone who would claimed to be from Rhodesia would like come and talk to you. And that was their industry. And they would say some racist <laughs> shit. Like, I, yeah. it's, it's hard for me to not like hear a South African accent and be like, Oh fucking, I don't want to have anything to do with this. But obviously that doesn't define everyone from South Africa by any means. But yeah, like there was that there was, there were a lot of Colombian people in that industry of, as sort of the yeah. civil war in Colombia yeah. became, but these guys are kind of, different right like, like they seem to be operating more like on behalf of governments or, or people who would be in government who would like to be in government yeah and mm -hmm. yeah explain how they do shit just differently well they they seem to have taken the uh a, a, well you'll be familiar with executive outcomes the yes. south african yeah. um, mercenary organization mm -hmm. and Executive Outcome's business model was when they operated, they went to the client and said, right, okay, we'll sort out your problem, but we want a percentage. It wasn't a paycheck or a contract, kind of an agreed dollar sum for, uh, for a contract. It was they wanted a percentage. So they would clear, like, ex Executive Outcome's cleared out some of the diamond fields in Angola, and I think their going rate was something like 15%. Wagner Group seemed to have done that, taken that model, but at the same time, they've rolled in a little bit of the, the Blackwater type idea in, in Iraq, where they were operating as an arm of, of, you know, Blackwater were operating as an arm of the US government. Yeah. Um, they were, you know, Paul Brenner's uh, personal guard. And EOR, Wagner seemed to have combined the two, along with making Hollywood movies. Because they've made um, they've made a couple of movies, um, yeah. one about Central Africa and their you know these Rambo esque kind of um, movies, and it's it's just it's like what the hell is going on here? It's very strange. It's like I think we maybe can't divorce it from that kind of uh, like global war on terror, for want of a better phrase, like era yeah. kind of cult. Yeah that developed around the US special forces and, and they're like, it's why you yeah. can buy Navy SEAL soap, right? And yeah. 
like they've they tried to do a similar thing but with a private military contractor do you know like the what's the composition of these like most like pmcs from i guess western nations will be ex-military people is that the case with wagner or where are they getting people from yeah it's it's um from what I've seen of there, the people they brought in is that you've got a core group of Russians who come from the more elite units. Um, now they've been they've been really assigned to the the money making contracts in in Africa. So you know they they've operated alongside Malian truce, um, and the whole idea there is that if they do take control of zones, then the Malian government is actually giving them a percentage of mineral uh, you know mineral extraction and whatever in the in the region they've there's also been talk of their of blatant intimidation and protection rackets um, of other western you know of western companies working in the Sahel so they'll rock up and kind of go we'll look after you um, Isis or al-qaeda won't get you um, if you pay as a fee and then if the company go well you know that's crazy then you know suddenly attacks start happening but they seem to be a core in in Africa at least, and in Libya, uh, where they were heavily involved. There was a core group of of Russians who were there, and then surrounding them, there was kind of lesser specialized um, lesser specialized troops, lesser elite troops, and then in Libya, especially during the during the fighting there, when they fought for Haftar, Khalifa Haftar. You had, you know, they brought in Syrians. They were known to have brought in um, a few other different nationalities of basically guys they'd gathered in other countries and offered jobs. Yeah. So you had, I, I think there was about 15, 1,500, 2,000 um, Syrians at one point. Because you, there's these huge numbers of Wagner kind of being bandied about on maps and stuff like that on the internet. And it, it's... It's smoke and mirrors. Actual proper Wagner personnel are wouldn't be massive numbers, but they've got you know they bring in these almost auxiliaries from yeah. the likes of Syria or other places that they've been in. Right. Yeah. And they another thing I guess that was unique about them was like with that they were obsessed with posting on Telegram. Like I've never seen uh, yeah. just incredibly online. Uh, in to include like evidence of their war crimes, right? Which, which or, or I guess sometimes not at war at all, human rights abuses would probably be more accurate. Yeah. Yeah. But we should probably talk yeah. about some of those just so people can get a sense of, I think what I'd like people to take from this just to like, uh, be explicit about it, I suppose, is that like all this stuff was happening in Africa. There w was no lack of evidence or people trying to say it. And it was not paid attention to by the government or media really especially in the US but also elsewhere yeah. and then everybody yeah. suddenly got sad when it happened in Ukraine because it was happening to people who were more valued and I think we can we'll keep fucking up like that if we keep ignoring um especially oh, yeah in yeah yeah I mean I mean I'm I'm shocked in a way that there hasn't been heavier sanctions put on because there's been there's been two UN investigations into their activities there was the they they murdered they were complicit in the murder or actively uh, participated in the murder of over three hundred Malians in in a village uh, only a few months ago. There's been a UN investigation. They've been found to have been there, been uh, participants in it, and there's nothing. And um, you know, you're not seeing any UN sanctions. You're not you know, you're not seeing anything uh, going on. 
the world seems to be turning a blind eye to it. In Libya, I mean, the BBC had a had a report, um, a special report, where they'd actually found the iPad of one of the Wagner operators with tons and tons and tons of evidence as to what they were doing, numerous human rights abuses. And again, it's just like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, we won't really worry about it. Oops, Ukraine. Yeah, and it's... It, it seems shocking to people, I think, if you're just a consumer of, you know, the, the New York Times or something. Wow, where did these guys come yeah. from? They're terrible. But they'd been there for years, decade maybe. And, uh, and because our news is very focused on certain countries and certain things, it, it came mm. as a shock to people. And um, maybe yeah. we could just explain, like, obviously, the human rights abuses began in Syria. Um, I don't think I need to detail... There, there are videos that people can find on their own time if they want to. Yeah. Some brutal executions and such. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. But yeah, could you like at least sort of enumerate some instances where they've where they've done that in Africa? I can think of three or four countries off the top of my head. Well, there's there's Mali is the instant one. There's the 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 big one, which I think was three hundred civilians were murdered. They basically rocked up in a village. Uh, I think it was it's Muna or Muni Munia is the name of the village in Mali. Yeah, they rocked up with the with Malian troops and proceeded to hunt for terrorists and uh, murder 300 people, um, including beheadings and, and whatnot. And, and that was, there was absolutely 100% guaranteed there was, uh, Wagner operators did murder and behead uh, local villagers. Six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, there was, um, there was an attack against um, a convoy which included Wagner uh, personnel and their response was to rock into a village and execute 10 people. 
So, you know, that's two cases that, again, unless you're looking, unless you're kind of aware of the certain sources that are available and looking at localized, local journalists um, who are in these, in these countries, it, it's not popping up anywhere. Um, it's just not coming to light. You know, there's uh, Central Africa, there, there's been rapes, murders, there's been mass rapes, there's, you know, there's been executions, torture, you know, it, it's just off the charts. In Mali, there is actually a known, and it's becoming famous in Mali, there is a torture house in, in inside one of their bases in Mali. And it's becoming, it's widely known it's there. You know, it's mul the multinational organizations, the UN, the EU, all know about its presence. They all have the evidence. And yet there's nothing, there's still nothing being done. Yeah. And I think it's easy. Like a thing that happened, if you remember when there were riots in France, uh, was that people would be like, oh, well, like, you know, France is in all these countries in Africa, which obviously comes from a legacy of colonialism, which was violent and terrible. Mm. But uh, yeah. th there are other forces. Like I remember someone positing that like Mali had been liberated from French control. Uh, France left, but like the, the, these guys came. Like it, it wasn't as if, yeah. uh, you know, there yeah. was a, you know, yeah. a democratic transition of power or, you know, like a yeah. highly yeah. desirable outcome. And I think... Yeah, for, well, I mean... I mean, I mean, even this morning, the with the with the coup in mm -hmm. Niger, you know, there was a tweet uh, put out by one of the Russian uh, Twitter accounts claiming that the coup had been orchestrated and managed by by Wagner, uh, who were liberating Niger from the from the colonialists. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, they actually believe their own. You, you just do they actually believe their own stuff? It's just amazing. Well, it's very well, it, I don't know if they believe it, but it seems to be very well targeted to get people to believe it online, right? Like there's this whole yeah. Yeah. sort of hammer and sickle in bio community that thinks that what Russia is doing in Ukraine is denazifying. And when you couple with a lack of media coverage of Africa and a lack of knowledge of, of what's happened there, it, it's very understandable that people sort of don't quite grasp it. I mean, I think that's... That's, that's an education thing and a, and a media thing. Yeah. But it's, I think a thing people may not be aware of is the one thing that has been reported a lot is the heavy, heavy losses have taken in Ukraine, right? Often in like, the, the, they call the almost penal yeah. battalions that they have, like um, the, the, they'll have convicts and yeah. things like that, yeah. right? Can you explain, like, I think, this might lead people to believe that they're not capable of doing what they've done in Africa for a long time, but that's, that's not correct, right? They're still sending, I guess, operators to Africa. They're still doing their terrible shit in Africa. Yeah, there's been, uh, e even recently, there was a lot of flights being, being picked up, moving in and out of Africa, which were Wagner-associated Wagner aircraft. And at first it was, you know, this happened around the time that they made the move towards, um, back into Russia towards, to, towards Putin. And there was a lot of questions as to, is this a pullout of personnel to support their, what's going on in, in Russia? And then it stopped and the flights started coming back in. But it looks like there's been a ramp up again in a lot of African countries. So they, it looks like they're upping the personnel. Now, whether it's they've they've cut some kind of deal where they're now just going to be a money maker, 
Um, I'm not quite sure, but you know that will be remain to be seen. If they have orchestrated Niger, um, which is possible, then it's clearly kind of a ramp up of of operations. They're very very skilled in whipping up local populations because they whipped up anti French sentiment in both Mali and in uh, Burkina Faso. Mm-hmm. And even though and you know the the French did the the French did bomb. I'd carry drone strikes, which you know did kill civilians and stuff. But the 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 massive reaction to uh, to these incidents uh, was definitely by Wagner at the time. It is a very lucrative, almost informal empire for Russia, right? Like it's a very lucrative way for them to continue this process of extractive colonialism and, and violent subjugation of African people. Um, often in ways that are not that distinct from the colonialism that we saw, uh, you know, 150, 200 years ago. Um, with you know, real, like you've detailed, brutal uh, human rights abuses and all extent, all to just extract wealth and resources from Africa in, in a very similar way to what we've seen before, but in a less formal way, I guess, than, you know, with French and British colonialism. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, um, it's very much a, a corporate imperial as opposed to a nationalistic imperialism in a way. And it's, you know, the money is flowing into the pockets of the, you know, the oligarchs and stuff in, in Russia. Uh, I mean, the, there was a, I was in a bit of a discussion this morning um, about, about Niger and someone made a comment about there being, oh, well, there's not the, if you look at them, the Sahel map and the mineral wealth that, oh, there's there's more attractive kind of mineral kind of extraction further south into the Congo, but the thing is in and I've worked in Mauritania, uh, you know you had Mauritania which is three times the size of of France with a population of four million, and yet only one percent of the country has actually been surveyed for its mineral wealth, and it already has massive gold, iron, and iron ore deposits and copper deposits. If you take that, if you go over into uh, Burkina Faso. It has huge gold gold deposits, uh, which are underexplored. It's relatively, the vast majority would be artisanal mining, the same with Mali. Um, and if you go across into Niger, you've got the huge uranium mine, which is a keystone of the of the French nuclear industry at Arlet, which would be worth a fortune to whoever would control the territory. So it's... Um, it, is a very colonialist, I suppose, manual to what uh, what Wagner are doing, but it's a very it's it's very much a, a corporate uh, model as opposed to coming in and establishing governance. They're they're quite happy to to leave kind of administration and governments and stuff like that to local governments, but they want the mineral wealth, and they'll you know they will manipulate and in and embed themselves with the local military um, who, you know, if you, you know, you've got Mali, it's, it's governed now by a military, military junta. Niger is likely to be the same. And you, you know, Burkina Faso, it's not quite far off that either. And, right. you know, so there, if you don't in these countries, if you don't have the backing of the military, you've got nothing, you're not going to be in power. So. Yeah. And then if they control the military, and then they control yeah. those in power, right? And as long as that's amenable, like you say, to their yeah. desire to extract wealth, then they don't care. And yeah, 
and it's and you know the, the the other part of it is they're they're bringing in all the toys for the for these go for these governments as well. They're importing drones. They're importing weaponry, helicopters. You know. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit because that is something they seem to have. Like Eric Prince tried to get himself a plane, right, and he didn't really do very well. Um, but like their access to yeah. military hardware is it's unprecedented. So like, where are they able to obtain all that? Oh, well, they're, they're definitely um, they're definitely in collusion with. I mean, whatever tensions there are in Ukraine between the Russian military and, and Wagner, there's definitely not any tensions between Wagner and the Russian military when it comes to securing hardware yeah. uh, for Africa. Yeah. I mean, they, there was brand new MI-24s unloaded in, in Mali um, only last year, and they made a very, very big show of the French leaving and these, and, and these helicopters arriving. So, you know, there's, uh, there's been Turkish built drones are starting to, uh, are coming in left, right and center across all with the aid and, and shipment by, um, by Wagner. So they're, they have incredible, uh, with Russian produced equipment, they have incredible access, access to it. And it can only come from one place. It only, it can only come from the military. And, you know, undoubtedly, you know, we've, we've seen Russian troops, arrive in Ukraine with weapons that are 50 years old because there's nothing on their bases. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Um, well, kind of, it's very clear that there's nothing on their basis because these weapons are showing are are being transported to, for use in Africa. Yeah, they've done the same in Myanmar, right? They're still selling planes. They're still selling yeah. munitions there, it, and it's yeah, yeah. Like it's it's almost like a uh, I don't know. There's like a corporate and a state structure, and sometimes it seems like, especially 
well, we see that in the US too, I guess, but they're competing, they're competing desires, they're parallel. One doesn't, one doesn't have sort of oversight yeah. over the other. One thing I do want to get into is this culture that exists within Wagner that is it, it's an extreme glorification of violence, right? And, and a glorification of sometimes of Nazism, yeah. of other sort of related kind of things that I guess they see as like warrior societies. And you can mm -hmm. see a lot in the telegram. Can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah, it's been, um, there's definitely been an element of these guys have been recruited from right wing in the, in the Russian military. And we already know there was some of these units were heavily involved with the, with the Russian football hooligans who had a very hard right leaning anyway. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen across, like it, it's been hugely in evidence across, um, some of the some of the towns where there's been fighting in Libya, where Wagner have left graffiti of you know the the Sonnenrand and a lot of these other you know Nazi um, symbols, and there is this whole mass glorification of, of violence from the top down. I mean the executions, beatings, you know the the torture of local non-white people in the you know that they've come in you know come in contact with. We've seen it in Syria. Um, brutal executions. It's a very much a white supremacist, far right. It's not even undertones because it's so it's so blatant. It's right in your face. I mean, they they just don't hide it on their telegram channels. They don't hide it where they go. You know, we've seen military patches that they're wearing, which are you know extreme right uh, graffiti they leave behind, which is extreme right. You know, even I haven't seen the the movies they've made, but I believe they're they're actually there's there's a lot of image there as well, which would be you know right up the street of kind of neo fascist organizations as well. Yeah, it certainly seems that they're pretty explicit about it, and no one's they don't care. They, I mean, yeah. Prigozhin no. supposedly called no. it Wagner because it was Hitler's favorite composer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, they've. Um, so, like some of the there's there's crossover between some of the other um, Russian far right organizations uh, and some of the you know some of these units these far right units who've been who are in in Ukraine and Wagner there is a a kind of cross pollination of personnel as well. Yeah, yeah, it certainly seems like they they sort of go back and forth with the military. It's not like a, I think people yeah. would see it as more of a distinct entity than it perhaps is. Yeah. They're they're not they're they're not a there's guys from Wagner will show up with with other organisations from time to time, but then they seem to kind of drift back to Wagner, um, and you're seeing that especially in Ukraine, in we saw it as well in Libya. There was there was guys that were identified who were operating in you know with Wagner in Libya, who definitely had you know had operated with other organisations as well. Um, you know they'd been. I think there was a number of them were had been photographed that had actually been ID'd during some of the um, the football violence in Marseille um, during the European Cup yeah. a few years ago. So you know they're they're in this in this circle and they they are moving over and back between different organisations. But again, it's it's a massive far right entity. Like, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's part of this giant cluster of the sort of armed extreme right yeah has been yeah sort of festering in uh, for a long time unnoticed by a lot of people
I wonder, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've mentioned like if people aren't paying attention, they won't see things, which I think is right because it's not, you know, it's not on primetime TV mm-hmm. or TV at all. Where would you like? Where yeah. would you go for coverage, especially if, let's say, you know, parts of Africa where you're working? I use I would use Twitter quite a lot to to look at what what local journalists are doing in you know in places like Mali and, and Niger. Um, I think I started off I started off using Twitter in Yemen when I was working there um, because the you know I was fifty kilometers from a town that was entirely controlled by Al Qaeda uh, and every one of them was on Twitter. Uh, they were all posting on Twitter. And you know, there was some fantastic local journalists who were posting on Twitter as well. Uh, so you got to see in almost real time what was happening in these places. You know, and when there was no other media, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I carried on using Twitter. And then because I do write a security report, you know, digging around and you had, there's a couple of, uh, of online analysts and OSINT people who were on, who, cover kind of global conflict but they do cover quite a lot in the Sahel okay yeah so yeah. you would have like the likes of war noir and people like that were very good on the arm side of things yeah he's very good at uh keeps an eye on Myanmar as well yeah um yeah yeah there's a few useful accounts I think you do share them on your own account sometimes as well I've seen um, I do yeah from time to time I'll share yeah. them on my own yeah, do you know, um, what is yours if people want to follow along, see pictures of your feet? It's it's uh, Dermot N Cosgrove on there. All right. So D E R M O T N and then Cosgrove C O S G R O B. Yeah, wonderful. It is one of those things that like we talk about, you know, like in many ways. You know, people spend too much time on Twitter, and that you know, when it dies, it'll be nice. But like, it is something. I was talking to colleagues in Rwanda. Uh, you know, a while ago, but mm. like, I remember when going to Rwanda, one of the things that they ask you is, "Are you verified on Twitter?" This was before you could buy a verification for seven dollars or whatever. It it, it actually allows yeah. a lot of people to work, especially in parts of Africa. It gives them sort of like, especially in places where the government is hostile to journalism, it gives them an outside audience that will one hopes you know make them a little bit safer, and also to be able to share these things. Yeah, which, yeah. Yeah, and losing that, like, there's no other platform that does that. No, there isn't, and it's a pity that it's that it's actually gone down the road. It's gone down. I mean, I would be, I work a month on, month off, so I would be a big Twitter user when, um, when I'm at work, um, because you know, gathering information for my reports and stuff. Yeah, uh, and then um, and at home, I'm not on it so much, but. You know, for local journalists and and activists, it you know it's a fantastic. It's it the whole idea is fantastic because they are able to get that message out. They are more visible um, in countries where they've got repressive regimes, and it keeps an eye on them. And you know, the more visibility they have, they wouldn't be a hundred percent safe, but they are a little bit safer. Yeah, like I've seen it with colleagues in Myanmar as well. Just sort of, it, it's their yeah. only out out. Yeah. To the world, you know, the Irrawaddy and all these other publications, which are um, yeah like, able to get things out, and lots of those people are in hiding. You know, like they can't operate in cities, mm-hmm. and they're able to get things out to the world. Yeah. So, like for that alone, it's valuable. 
and and yeah, it's a shame that it seems to be going the way it's going. Yeah, I think I think there was even the, you know during the well even currently there's still some um, still some people in Afghanistan who are it's their only outlet to get information out about what's happening under the Taliban regime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, in touch with a few people in Afghanistan. Yeah, that it's you know it, that would all be lost. I wouldn't have ever found them otherwise. Um, well, some of them know through friends. Yeah. But, um, I want to finish up by asking like the the stuff that Wagner has done in Africa is repulsive. The stuff that he's done in Syria is disgusting. Like what mm-hmm. if if you had your your like if you had your way like how can people or how can governments or, or like, what can we do to to stop this kind of you know, human rights abuse? Um, I think there's as much pressure that can be put on um, in the States, obviously, with congressmen and, and senators, that if people go to them there, in the UK, government, you know, I'm Irish, you know, we have a long history of, of peacekeeping and stuff like that, and, you know, investigations of human rights abuses. So, you know, it's putting pressure on your politicians that action needs to be taken you know, and the UN, I'm, I'm not a massive fan of the UN because they have been so ineffectual in places. I mean, my, my brother was in was in Lebanon uh, on three separate occasions with the with the UNIFIL force and came home and described it as you know one hand clapping because they they even hamstrung their their own people. But you know, there there isn't outside of the EU, which can enforce sanctions on them. You know, there there needs to be massive sanctions on anyone associated with Wagner. Yeah. And there needs to be more. I mean, you know, the, the EU has pretty much been kicked out of the Sahel. There needs to be more, uh, a better relationship built up with these, with these organi- these governments. As repulsive as some of these governments are, there is no real other choice. But there has to be a way where Wagner has to be highlighted. If you know journalists, get to journalists. Ask them why isn't the why aren't these questions being asked? Is it you know why is it only being the focus? And I'm, I'm a big supporter of, the, of Ukraine, but why is it only since Ukraine that we're seeing Wagner televisions? Yeah, you know they've been they've been murdering people. They were putting you know they were booby trapping kids' toys in Libya as they retreated out of uh, out of uh, Western Libya. Yet none of that appeared. You know the the one BBC report. And it came out, and it died afterwards, which you know is you know horrendous. You know this needs to be; they need to be hammered left, right, and centre. Yeah, and I think a lot. You're right. A lot of that comes from if you find editors, you can ask them why they haven't covered this when it was happening in Africa. Like they were putting human beings yeah. in holes in the ground. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're on Twitter, jump on Twitter, follow the follow editors, news organisations, and you know, tweet at them. And just <laughs> oh, why aren't you covering this? Yeah, make them say or make people explain why this doesn't matter as much. And the same with your politicians. Like I know sometimes writing to politicians can seem ineffectual, but like I can't put sanctions on them, you know, and I can't. No. I don't have the no. ability to project force. Yeah, uh, and I don't. Think, there's nothing that Wagner produced that you can kind of go. Well, I'm not going to buy. You know, I'm not going to buy this product because it impacts. Uh, Wagner. They don't care. They're they're not selling to the consumer. They're yeah. you know they're stealing um, to put in their own pockets. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that was that was wonderful, David. That's 
is there anything you want else you want to plug or uh, anywhere else people can find you learn out more learn more about the stuff um well well i'm on um twitter is probably the best place i have kind of promised myself to do a little bit more kind of on the uh, highlighting the conflict in because because i work in north africa um the Sahel, and even though i'm not in the sahel itself the sahel has been it's always been a massive area of interest for me so I've kind of, I, I probably will kind of uh, flip my um, my Twitter around a bit more to reflect what's going on in across the Sahel. Yeah, yeah. So I'm on there. Um, I've got a I've got an Instagram account, but uh, that's only really if you like pictures of dogs. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's what it's good for. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time, David. We appreciate it, and uh, yeah, hopefully no people learn a bit more about this. Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.